0: Oh, I can see you now. You look good. Um, Had a few people ask me about next week. uh, What will we do Sunday? Well, we're going to meet next Sunday on Christmas Eve, and um, we'll have our service at 10.30, and uh, we will will, uh, regulate it to an hour. So if you come at 10.30, we're going to send you out by 11.30. So a lot of you, I know, have lunch plans with family and things, and... (laughs) And we want to be sensitive to that, but at the same time we want to be here and worship and, and we're going to have a communion time, uh, a service, and, and remember uh, the Lord and His death and what He did for us. So you make plans to come uh, next Sunday morning at 10.30. Um, so I was given, not long ago, I guess a month or two ago, Ron gave me the uh, schedule for the morning and, and I flipped the, about the middle... Way through, and it said, um, "fad sermon, fifteen to twenty minutes." Well, if you've been with me a long time, you know, wow, that's that's not much time. But it got me to thinking about um, when I was in college, thirty um, something years ago. Um, yeah, thirty something years ago, um, I was in in Bible college, and we used to have as assignments, uh, preaching assignments in our preaching class, ten minute sermons. 20 minute sermons and 30 minute sermons now when you're 22 21 22 years old 10 minutes looks like forever it's like what in the world am I going to say for 10 minutes and so when I read what Ron had written down I was like 15 to 20 minutes I can't even get a good introduction in for 15 to 20 minutes I've got something this morning I want to share with you that the Lord just um, brought to my attention, reminded me of, that I really think that you'll find to be truly amazing. So I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to Revelation and the 21st chapter. Revelation and the 21st chapter. Um, At Grace... We teach the birth of Christ, that Jesus Christ came to this earth, and he was born of a virgin. We teach at grace that he lived a perfect life as the God-man. He lived a perfect life. Um, we teach that because the word tells us that, that he dwelt among men and yet without sin. He didn't sin at all. He lived a perfect life. The Bible says he was tempted in all points as we are and yet without sin. We teach that here at grace because the Bible teaches that. We teach at grace that Jesus Christ went to the cross and And he he died for our sins. And you remember the scene at Calvary. You remember that on the cross, um, and I really believe this was the agony of the cross for our Savior. He cried out to his Father, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then from the cross, he also declared, It is finished. It is finished. Then the Bible says he gave up his spirit and he died. And the Bible tells us that he was buried. The Bible tells us that three days later he rose from the dead victorious over death. That's what the Bible teaches. And that's what we teach here at Grace The Bible teaches also that he gave a mission to his disciples, right, after his resurrection. The Bible tells us there were over 500 witnesses to his resurrection, but he gave an assignment to his disciples, and the assignment for them was to make disciples of all nations, he said baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. And then he said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We believe that, we teach that. And that mission that was given to the disciples is the same mission that you and I have if we are believers in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us also that the church began in Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, The Spirit came and He began to indwell men, believers, those who were in Christ. We believe that and, and we teach that. We also believe and teach here at Grace because the Bible says that one day Jesus Christ is coming for His church, for those who are in Christ, for those who belong to Him. The Bible tells us that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 and John 14. The Bible says he is coming for his church. I hope you belong to him. Bible also tells us that after he comes for his church on earth, subsequent to his return for the church, there will be a seven-year tribulation period here on earth. There will be people that are left on earth. And the Bible describes it in the book of Revelation in great detail. And it will be a time of wrath. God's wrath. The Bible tells us that at the end of that tribulation period, there will be a battle of Armageddon. And Christ will come with his armies. You know who the armies are? The church. And you know the one leading the armies? Christ. And he won't need us to do battle. He'll do battle. And it'll be over. And then the Bible tells us that subsequent to that, that Jesus Christ will rule and reign on the throne of David for a thousand years. That's what the Bible says. And then the Bible tells us at the end of that millennial kingdom, there'll be one last stand. (laughs) We know who wins. The Lord does. In fact, do you know that at the end of the book of Revelation, chapter 21, before you get to chapter 21, that Satan, the beast, the false prophets, demons... And unbelievers from all ages are in the lake of fire forever. Now, did you hear that? Satan, the beast, the false prophet, demons, and unbelievers from all ages are in the lake of fire. Now, I want you to get this. Forever. Unbelievers from all ages. No way out. There is no exit door. There's no way out. And I got to thinking about that. I was like, wow, that's, that's forever. So those who say, well, I really don't need Jesus. He, who really is Jesus? I really don't need him. Hey, when I stand before the big man, as a lot of people put it, in our culture, I, I, I'll tell him I was a good person and that'll be good enough. But the Bible tells us that Man's righteousness is as filthy rags. That there's only one who is righteous. And that's Jesus Christ. Well. So for those. That are in the lake of fire forever and ever. They also. Describe. In Revelation. The end of. Of this earth, as we know it, and do you know in Second Peter, Peter writes about it. He says, "But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up." Period. That's the way it's going to be. So, at the end of that millennial, uh, at the end of that millennial kingdom, the Bible tells us, right? That the earth will be burned up. It'll be destroyed. That Satan, the beast, the false prophet, demons, and unbelievers from all ages are in the lake of fire forever. And then you come to chapter 21, and it's an awesome chapter. And it's filled with this description of a new heaven and a new earth. But in verse 3, as I was reading and I was studying, I'm like, wow. The culmination of everything that the choir has sung about today. That scripture speaks about. This is it. Did you know that God wants to hang out with you and me who are in Christ forever? I remember when I was pursuing Teresa. Now, Teresa's my wife. (laughs) Just in case you're visiting today, you don't know who Teresa is. And I remember at Southeastern Bible College, I was standing in the back of the chapel one day and told one of my buddies I'm marrying that lady. And I did. And you know why I wanted to marry her? I wanted to live with her. But did you know, we got married in 1985. We've been married almost 33 years and do you know that there are times that I am separated from my wife? I don't see her. Now, some of those times it's because she says, Hey, babe, don't you have something to do? <laughs> <laughs> right, you get that. Right? There have been a lot of guys in here who have retired lately. So right if your wife says, Hey, babe, you have something to do? She means to leave for a while. Well, as much as I wanted to be with Teresa... I'm not with her every moment. But it just blew me away as I was reading and preparing for today that my God wants to be with me forever and ever. Revelation chapter 21 verse 3 says it. Whoa. Look what it says. Then I heard a loud voice, in the original language it means a mighty voice, from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. That word tabernacle means dwelling place. The place he lives. Behold the tabernacle, the dwelling place, the place he lives is among men. Who are these men? Who are these people? I'll tell you who they are. Ready? Abraham. Right? Sarah. Right? Hannah. Right? Daniel. David. Right? Peter. John. Phoebe. How many of you know Phoebe? Romans 16, verse 1. Phoebe. Phoebe. Thad Blunt, I'm going to be there with all those people. The saints from all time will be there in the presence of the Lord. It just blew me away. I'm like, I'm going to be there. Right, you have sometimes these events, and, right, especially like football games, you can relate to that, right? And if you're an Alabama fan or an Auburn fan, I feel sorry for both of you. If you're an Arkansas fan, there's times, right, you just want to get that ticket because you want to be in the presence of the fans and the team. But sometimes the ticket is not available. Hey guys, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, your ticket is punched. You're going to be there. The Bible says we're saved by grace through faith alone in Christ alone. Well, notice what the verse says. The tabernacle, the dwelling place of God is among men. And look at this next phrase. I love this phrase. And he shall dwell with them. One theologian wrote this, and I love the way he penned this. He says, believers from all ages. Now listen to these next two words. Believers from all ages will have intimate fellowship. By the way, unbroken. No sin present. Will have intimate fellowship with God on an ongoing basis. Absent from the presence of sin. Absent from the presence of sin. An ongoing relationship with the Lord. Can you imagine, like a room filled like this, right? And and so many more people, but, but there's God in the center. And every single one of us is around him. And then people say, we're gonna be bored in heaven. No way. I would challenge you, With this question, are you bored with God? Are you bored with him? A.W. Tozer wrote this. I didn't know if I was going to read it, but I have three minutes. (laughs) So I'm going to read it. It's really a challenge because, right, we look at that ahead and we can't even imagine what that's going to be like. I was just so blown away by this. But you know, as wonderful as that's going to be, let me ask you a question. How are you enjoying God's presence in your life now? Because you know, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that we are filled, right? We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. He lives in us. Well, Tozer wrote about this thing of boredom in churches and I just wanted you to think about it, so, and I have two minutes now. Tozer wrote this, it is a common practice in most evangelical churches to offer people a maximum of entertainment and a minimum of serious instruction. Because the church today, I mean, we want to be entertained. Right? That's the the motto of a lot of churches. How in the world do I keep the people in their seats so they'll come back the next week? And you know what I want to do? I wish I could gather all those pastors in here and say, hey, listen to me. Do you know what these people really need? They need the truth. That's what they need. You know, you might not be the most popular dude, but that's not what it's about. Well, he goes on to write this. It is almost impossible to get anyone to attend a meeting where the only attraction is God <laughs> oh my goodness right No the only attraction is God one can only conclude that God's professed children are bored with him I read that I was like man Lord I don't ever want it said of me that I'm bored with you but I can, can I tell you something? Guys, we're going to enjoy that, that dwelling and that, that place with the Lord, right? And we're going to be with him forever if we're in Christ. But do you know that we can have intimate fellowship with our Lord and our Savior every day? So don't wait for this scene. Now, I'm all for this scene. It looks awesome. Doesn't it look awesome? Hello? My goodness gracious, it's going to be incredible. But let's not wait for this scene to get intimately acquainted with our God and our Savior. So I ask you this. You read it just like I read it. Question Will you be there? Do you know that you know that you know you'll be there? Because remember, at the end of chapter 20, we're told that Satan and the beast and the false prophets. False prophet and all unbelievers from all ages will be, not question mark, will be in the lake of fire. Guys, I trust that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know, one of the things that happens at Christmas is that we do all the Christmas thing. And I'm all about celebrating the birth of Christ. But my friends, listen, don't stop the story with the cradle. It goes to the cross, right? It goes to the grave. It goes to his resurrection. It goes to his coming again. It goes to the tribulation. It goes to the millennial kingdom. And it goes to eternity in that eternal city. Abraham spoke about that eternal city, right? He was looking for a city whose builder and architect was the Lord. Are you looking for that city? Will that be your dwelling place? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much that you've given us hope. And the hope that we have is only found in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I just want to thank you this morning that everything that that we have been given the life that we have itself as a gift from you if we're sitting here today and have eternal life what a blessing that is to know you and to have that personal relationship and I, I pray that, that all of us would foster that relationship that we would be sold out daily Lord, to just to get to know you better, and the only way that's going to happen is being in your word. Lord, maybe there are a few here today that are kind of kind of in a tough spot, and maybe, maybe they haven't been in the word, I don't know, but Lord, if that's true, if there's kind of a stale time in their life with you, I pray that you would resurrect the joy of salvation for them. And Lord, maybe there's some here today that have no idea what we just talked about. They don't understand. I pray that, Lord, you'd open their eyes that they would be able to see that salvation is found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.